when I got to the league, I got my signing bonus. I said I went and bought some wings and like I was just I put the rest of it up. I went and got some wings and I was like, man, I'm not spending none of this money. That's my football, like my football money, my actual football money. And to this day, I still have not spent a dollar of my football money. New money or rookie contract money. I have not spent one dollar of it. Welcome to Needing Dough, the podcast presented by Uninterrupted and Chase. I'm your host, Andrew Hawkins, a.k.a. Hawk. And here on Needing Dough, I sit down with championship-level athletes to discuss the financial lessons they've learned in both their personal and professional lives. And that's where I come in. As a former NFL wide receiver, I'm here to bring you my personal perspective on how the lessons you're going to hear translate to you in your life. Now, before we get started with this conversation, featuring the one and only Alvin Kamara, this show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and Chase. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's free, it helps others find the show, and it notifies you every time we drop a new episode. And now I am so pleased to introduce one of the most dynamic football players on planet Earth, Alvin Kamara. Let me give you some background on AK. Known for being the star running back of the New Orleans Saints, Alvin's path to the NFL had so many twists and turns. From making the decision to transfer from a college football powerhouse at the University of Alabama to becoming one of the best all-around players the league has ever seen. Alvin's story is one of growth, determination, and modesty. On today's show, we are diving deep into money lessons. Money lessons can really come from anywhere, but oftentimes, it's the ones from early on that we carry with us throughout our journey. And it's these lessons that mold us into how we think about money today. On this episode, we'll discover how Alvin's perspective on personal wealth goes way beyond just money. When it comes to happiness, it's not always the money that gives you personal fulfillment, but the process it takes to get there and the opportunities it can unlock for you and those around you. All right. Let's start the episode. Alvin Kamara is in the building. AK, what's up, man? What's up, Hawk, man? How you doing? I'm good. Appreciate you joining us here on Need and Dough, man. See, on this platform, we keep it 1,000% real. And I'm like, if there is one person that I know keeps it realer than most, it is my man, Alvin Kamara. So it's a pleasure to have you here, bro. No doubt. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. All right, let's, let's get real about it. All right, so for everyone who doesn't know, where did you grow up at? I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, so, you know, uh, in New Orleans now, but not far from home, not too far. Yeah, I, I'm always fascinated about the different places people grow up at and how it varies around the country. So for everyone who hasn't grown up in the state of Georgia, what, what what's it like there growing up? Man, it's, it's lovely. It's a city life. That's I mean, I'm, I'm so accustomed to city life, you know, so I go different places and it, it's a little different for me. Um uh, when I'm like in New Orleans, it's not too big of a city, but you know, I always got that city mentality, like city, city, you know, kind of vibe in my head. But you know, it's just it's it's fast, it's 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 bustling, it's it's you know, it's on the up and up always. So you know, Atlanta life is just you know, it it accelerated my 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 growing up. I would say that's that's crazy. You call New Orleans not city life. I grew up in the sticks, man. I'm talking like fifteen thousand population. So New Orleans. Is huge to someone like me. Growing up in Atlanta, what was your home situation like? Man, single mother. I got a, a older sister, older brother, and you know, it was just you know getting by. You know, moms was working, working 
hours and a lot of hours just, you know, trying to trying to make sure we was good, you know, and, you know, thankfully she worked hard enough. We never, you know, wanted for anything, but we, we, we got what we needed. That was pretty much it. We got exactly what we needed. So you guys struggled financially when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. I, I'm curious because for me, I also grew up, you know, in, in a family we, we struggled, but I never like noticed. I didn't know until later on in life. I actually remember the moment that I realized we didn't have it all together at the house. But for you, was it something that you knew at that time that you guys struggled or was it something that you look back on and realize, oh, OK, we didn't have as much as everybody else? I mean, I kind I kind of knew. But, you know, like with my situation, we weren't with, like me, my siblings, my brother, and my sister. We weren't really like super extravagant. Like we weren't like, hey, why don't we got this? Why don't we got that? We were just kind of like, all right, well, shoot, we got what we need. Let's just, you know, keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you, do you think that had an effect on you at all, even then? Understanding that, you know, you didn't quite have as much as, you know, you probably would like to? Or was it more like yeah, everybody around me is kind of the same way? Yeah. I, uh, some people had more than, more than me, but I wasn't really, I was never too focused on what other people had. I was like, man, I'm good. Like, man, you know, my mom good, brother good, sis good. It's like, shoot, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So I remember when I was in like fifth grade for a Christmas this is how I found out we didn't have a lot of money, Alvin. It was Christmas, and every year at my school, kids would bring in uh, toys to donate to, like, a family in need, right? So it was every year. This is, like, fifth or sixth grade. So everybody is bringing in these toys to school, myself included, whatever. And on Christmas morning, we get a knock at the door, and a random van of people just start bringing in Christmas gifts. And I started noticing the toys that other people in my class had brought in. We were the family in need we were collected for. And that was the moment before that I had no idea that we were like a family that was struggling. Right. You know, I feel like that's kind of normal for a lot of people. But for you and your family, I know you got siblings. You know, your mom had to wear all the hats. She's working her butt off. What was it like uh, around the holidays for you guys? But you know what's so funny about that story you just told? I kind of had the same story, but it was like not my classmates. It was like my team, like my football team. So it was the same thing, like for family in need, family in need. And then on Christmas, like same thing, knock at the door box. Like I'm like, oh, what the heck? I'm like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's the, when you when you when you realize like that's that you're viewed as the like the family in need. It's like, oh, OK, all right. Right. It changed me a little bit. Right. It was like. You know, on this side of it, again, it makes sense now. But at the time, I was like oblivious to it, man. So, I mean, do you think your creativity, just as a person, because you're one of the most creative athletes in all of the game, do you think the way you grew up attributes to that? I think so. Like, I think it's just like my mindset is so shaped around, like, you know, making it work, just making everything work and, and you know, trying to find the best way, the most efficient way, the most effective way to, to do things and and, you know, just like, a nonstop hustler's mentality. And it was obviously like, like you said, shaped by, you know, what I experienced growing up, you know, not having, you know, and it like now where I'm at right now, I'm like, man, I got everything plus more. And I still kind of got that mentality. Like I don't got nothing. Like I'm just hustling, hustling, just so steady, like so steady and trying to make things work and like trying to, you know, just, just do, do and have what I need, do what I have to do to, to have what I need. Not, not like, you know, over the top, not where I was before, but, you know, comfortable enough to be able to have things that I want. But, you know, I can go without like it's like I'm cool. You know, I'm not too worried about things, I guess. 
I, and I love that. And I think that's what kind of drives you. If you if you look at your story, which we're going to get deep into, but that's like a common a common theme for you. So did your mom used to talk about, you know, you guys' finances all at a kid or did she hide that from you guys? Uh, she did. I mean, not she didn't she didn't hide it, but it wasn't something that we just had like multiple conversations about. She was just like, we can't get that or we can't get this or like. If I wanted something, it was like, money don't grow on trees. And I'm like, all right, dang, all right. I got to find a way. I got to hustle, or do do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? To either obtain it or it's just like, I got to go without. So most of the times it was like, all right, I got to go without it. I'm a kid. Like, I'm like trying to find things to do. I'm like, man, whatever. I'm going to just grind until I can I can achieve, you know, the the, the level of finance financial comfortability to, to where I can obtain those things and like purchase things and have things. What What is your earliest memory of money? My earliest memory of money, so like birthdays and things come around, like my, my aunts and uncles, they'll like give me money or something and I'll give it to my mom. And like when she went to work, you know, she worked in, she worked night shift. So she worked, she went to work at like 6 p.m. like and worked all the way to the morning. So when I was leaving to go to school, she would be, you know, coming home or whatever. My mom, she would be like, yeah, just give it to me and I'll give me your money and I'll put it in my locker at work. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'll save it for you. I'll keep it for you. And I'm like, I'm a kid at this point. I don't have no type of financial literacy, nothing. I'm just like, yeah, go ahead and keep my money. But I ain't never seen that money since. But, you know, <laughs> like, that, that, was, that was my earliest memory. Like, my mom keeping my money. Yeah, she's saving my money. Like, I know I got like $50 or something. And I'm like, dang, I ain't never seen that money. Oh, my God. Yo, it's crazy. So you grew up in Georgia. I grew up in Pennsylvania. My mom and moms, black moms, been using that same trick. For generations, because on Christmas, you know, we didn't have a bunch on Christmas, but my mom would give us cash. She would give us the fifty dollars, and I'd be like, "Oh, bet fifty. She's like, "Yeah, let me hold it for you." I'm like, "Yep, you're right. It's safer with you. You hold on to it, and I'm gonna come back." And to your point, I'm I'm 34 years old, AK. I ain't seen that money since. Yeah, so I know I'm not gonna see mine. <laughs> All right, so you know, you talked about growing up and and feeling like. At that moment of how you guys were financially, it motivated you to go and get your own, which brings me to football because that's been a catalyst for you. What was the thing that made you gravitate towards the game of football? Man, I think with me, football, it was just, you know, my sister really kind of got me into football, actually. And it's so funny. Wow. Like one of her friends played and, you know, he was like, man, just bring him to the park. And my sister was like, yeah, okay. Like, and she was like, y'all want to play football? Like me and my brother. And I'm like, I don't care. Cool. I'm in third grade. I'm like, cool, whatever. Like I was just used to running around outside, running around the streets and stuff. But I'm like, all right, cool. Right. I play football. So, man, she brought us to the park and I was terrible. Like my brother was better than me. Like I was terrible at first. So I didn't really care for it. So I ended up, I ended up actually quitting. But, you know, like mm. that was my first, like that was, that's how I kind of got into it. Like my sister just brought me to the park and. Yeah, yeah. And that's normal. If you're not good at something, you're like, okay, let me try something else. What got you back into football? Man, I had actually moved schools. And when I moved, you know, um, just the, the new friends that I made, they were playing football. And I was like, man, it's fifth grade now. So I'm like, man, let me give this. I'm going to give it another shot. Like, I'm going to just, I'm going to try it out again. And I ended up being like out of nowhere, I was just like good. Like I'm like, oh shoot. So you know, I was like, all right, I can I can do this. For, I can do this. I mean, you're good. I mean, that's an understatement. First off, AK. Uh, number two, at, was do you remember the point where you started looking at football like less of oh this is just fun, and now it was like oh no I I could do something. I, this is this is my ticket to change my life. 
I think when you when you young, like so third grade, fifth grade, you like, yeah, I want to go, I want to play in the NFL, whatever, whatever. That's just like what every kid says. And then like at certain points and certain like benchmarks you hit, and you like, okay, like I can go to college, or okay, I can go do this and get paid to do this. I think mm-hmm. in eighth grade, like that was one of my benchmarks. I was like, whoa, like okay, I might be able to do this. Like I, I think I can go to college and do this. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, I'm like, if I with the mentality that I have, I was like, if I make it to college, you might as well sign me up for the NFL because I'm not going to stop until I get, you know, to the top. So mm. here we are now, years later, and I'm like, okay, I, I, I made it. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. So you're in high school. You take off. You're one of the best running backs in the state of Georgia. Who are you leaning on for advice at that time in your life? Man, so, you know, obviously my mom. But, you know, my mm. mom, she was so funny because – she just wanted everything to be so perfect and lined up. And she's like, do this because, you know, you don't want people to think this. And, you know, don't do that mm-hmm. because you don't want them to think this. And I'm like, mom, you know, I don't really. I've always had this, like, sense about me where I'm like, man, I don't really care what people think. Like, I'm just, I got to do, I got to do what I do for, like, my comfort and my peace of mind. So I was leaning on my mm-hmm. mom. My sister obviously was, like, a big influence for me because when my mom was working, my sister was, you know, she was taking care of me and my brother. So she was there just, oh, wow. like, guiding me and kind of, like, you know, keeping me straight, like, giving me advice and things like that. Just close family and friends, like, close-knit group of friends, like, a very close-knit group of friends that I've had since elementary school that I am that I still, you know, talk to and, and kick it with right now. Uncles, uh, Coach K, and, like, man, just talking to everybody, like, you know, they're just keeping my head on straight and keeping me focused. My brother, even, because he was just he, – he, he knew, like, he – he knows the type of person I am, of course, because we grew up together. And he uh-huh. was so, you know, like, just like, man, you good. You got it. He was never, he never was stressed out about my situation. He was like, man, you good. Even the bumps and bridges and, you know, lefts and rights and all the turns that I had to go through to get to where I'm at. He was like, man, you good. Like, you're good. I know it. You got it. That's crazy how the people around you have that. Like, when you're going through it for yourself, I would imagine through those ups and downs, I mean, that's a lot of anxiety. It don't seem as much of a sure thing as everybody else around you is making it out to be. Yeah, man. Like, I'm in it. I'm like, man, I'm, you know, I'm in Alabama. I'm going to JUCO, and I'm, like, doing this and that. And they're like, man, we know you got it. You know, if you need anything, let us know, mm-hmm. but you're good. And I'm like, man, I'm in Kansas, man. I'm all the way out here. I'm trying to get back. And my brother, like, shut up, bro. you good. <laughs> and I'm like, dang. But it's, 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 it's reassuring because... You know, sometimes you're so critical of yourself that you don't think about like, okay, I'm really, you know, I'm I'm good, like I'm solid, I'm I can achieve whatever I put my mind to. So it's good to have that reassurance from the outside world and like, you know, just yeah. like, okay, you're good. Well, at least the people that are close to me that know me for real. Absolutely, and and you keep that like kind of close close range family friends and, and circle about you. When you were in high school, do you remember any you know money advice? that someone gave you back then that stuck with you? And it's coming, it's becoming more and more true. Like, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of, it's going to sound bad when I say it, but uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of like, you, you can use it for certain situations. So somebody told me in high school, somebody told me this uh, while I was in high school, just before I even knew, like, you know, like what I was set up for in life. I'm like, dude told me, he said, Alvin, always remember this. It's 25 reasons people do things. One is money and the other 24 don't matter. And I'm like, yo, what? I'm like, that's messed up. But, you know, like moving and navigating through life, like, you know, when you really sit down and like doing business, I'm not even talking about football, of course, 
But just outside of football, also like people are really like that money is drive is a big driving force in, in a lot of things, you know. And me personally, that's why I, it's, it sounds bad, but like I believe it in some circumstances, and some I don't because you know it's times where I turn down money because it's something that I'm not like you know I don't, I'm just not feeling what's going on, you know. And you know some yep. people may just do it, you know. Some people just stretch themselves out and overextend just for the for the dollar. But I mean. Every time I turn down some money, I, like all money, not good money. So every time I turn down some money, like something else has come up that I've aligned, my, more, been more aligned with, or you know, had more interest in, and you know, it, it mm-hmm. made sense and it lined up. And I was like, all right, it's a go. But that's the advice I got, and I was like, oh man. So I kind of that that plays in the back of my head. I think about it, you know, a lot when I'm dealing with people and they're talking about money, or you know, even if I got something going on, and I'm like, okay. What really matters in this situation? You know what? That that's that's incredible advice. And it's specifically to you because, to your point, it's not what motivates you, so to speak, but you can even tell in your story as you've gone about making your decisions and, you know, kind of flowing through life, you understand, A, what drives you and that all money ain't good money, but then B, understanding that mentality in other people helps save you from getting into situations or, you know, making things strictly off of financial decisions. And and you really go with your gut, man, which is a special thing, especially I mean, you were OG now in the game, but you've been that way for a long time. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, AK, what is one money lesson that your mother gave you when you were coming up? My mom always told me, like, you know, whether it was times where I couldn't get something that I wanted because obviously the financial situation didn't, you know, it it wasn't supporting that, you know, just different situations. She would tell me, well, when you get your money, you can do what you want to do with it, right? So, you know, now it's like I got my own money, you know, Plus, um, plus more, plus, I mean, I got more than I've ever imagined. So it's like, I can do what I want to do with it, right? So me having that choice now, it's like, you know, my choice, I choose to try to put people in position to, you know, achieve what they want to achieve, you know, money goals, you know, personal goals, like life goals, you know, just giving them the knowledge that I've acquired throughout this journey and, and throughout my, my, my process of getting in the position to acquire wealth is, you know, I think giving people knowledge to do the same so they can, you know, help other people. I think it's just just being a, just being able to be a blessing and be an uh, informational vessel to another person to, you know, instill, you know, the, the values and the, the ethic and the, and the strength to be able to acquire wealth also. I love it. Access and, and unlocking opportunities, man. I, I, that's a perfect way to put it. OK, so did you have a did you have a job in high school at all? Man, so that's a funny story. I never, I've never had a job until the NFL. That was your first job ever. First job, but I did do something in high school. I was, you know, all my friends had jobs growing up, so I'm like, you know, they like, man, you couldn't even get a job because I never had a job. I was just cool, like I was just chilling, you know, did what I had to do. But all my friends like, man, you couldn't get a job if you wanted to, and I'm like, bro, don't get this twisted. Like I can get a job. So <laughs> in high school, I think my junior year, I went and applied for a job at a movie theater. And like, just ba- the first time I meet the manager and talk to him, he's like, man, you're hired. You're good. <laughs> so you had to just prove to your boy that you can get the job and you called off work on your very first day. Yeah, I got me messed up. I ain't think I can get a job. Come on. All right. Well, it was good, though, because you knew at that point football was basically your job. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was focused on. I'm like, man, I know what I'm about to do. That's a hustler mentality, though. That's the creativity. You were talking about in your upbringing, like, yeah, it's just hustle, like just hustle mentality. Hustle mentality. Me and my friend, one of my best friends from third grade, we still talk about it to this day. And like, 
because we do a lot of business now, and me and him, and we just like, man, this we we we're finding that things that we did when we were younger are coming up in these bigger like and more realistic business scenarios, and we like, man, if we didn't, what if we didn't experience that back then, or what if we ain't had that hustle back then, we would probably be blind right now. So I loved it, you know. That that's perspective, man. That's perspective. So your mom, she escaped Liberian civil war. Is that true? Yes, indeed. I knew it was true. And I, it's, to, it's still the wildest thing in the world to me. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. As great as your story is, Alvin, if I had a choice to watch a movie about your story or, or Mom Duke's story, I'm going with hers 10 times out of 10. That's no disrespect. I'm riding with hers too. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, growing up around that and with her, I, I gotta imagine that going through that experience and coming and escaping that had to affect her outlook on life or even her perspective of the situation you guys were in. So was what, what kind of things did she instill in you that you can tie directly to that experience that she came from in her life? Man, so first of all, like, I'm still learning about, you know, everything she went through. Like, you know, when, I'm, when you're younger... Something like that doesn't really resonate with you. Like, you know, she's like, I, I came here from Africa to, like, you know, give y'all a better life and this, that, that. And I'm just a kid. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I don't know no better. But the older I'm getting, I'm like, man, like, you know, that's ser- that was serious. Like, because it wasn't like you just, oh, I got on a plane and I left. Like, escape. Like, really, like, hide and find a way to, like, get out of that. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, like, the respect that I have for my mom is, like, the utmost, like, I got the utmost respect for my mother for being able to endure that, you know what I'm saying? And, and make it not only endure, but, you know, make it to the other side. And, and, you know, she's so proud of me. And I, and sometimes I, I'm like, man, you know, it's like your mother smothers you like with, with that, like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. Like, thank God that you made it to this point. And, but I, I see where it's coming from. Like, because she, she thinks about all she went through to put me in the position to be able to, you know, be in the position that I'm in. So like, I'm forever grateful for that. But, you know, when when I was younger, she would always just say, like, don't take for granted the opportunities that you, you, you're being given, you know? And I'm always like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, I'm in school. Like, you know, I'm in middle school, high school. Don't 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 take this for granted. Like, do what you have to do. Like, do, take advantage of every opportunity, every resource, every, you know, people back home don't have these these opportunities and these chances to, to you know, make something of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the older I've gotten, I've I realized, like, dang, yeah, that's right, because now I'm listening, now I'm playing back, like, stories that she's told me in my head, like, when that I was, when I was a kid, didn't really, I'm not gonna lie, it didn't really matter to me, because I was like, man, I don't, this is all I know, like, I'm in Atlanta, like, I'm just a kid in Atlanta growing up, playing football, going to school, running around, playing outside, getting into trouble, like, and I'm not realizing, like, you know, she came here, like, did all that to put herself in position not only to be successful, but, you know, put her children in a position to you know, hopefully do better than what she did. Yeah, obviously, mm. like, man, she, she'd be on the phone. Like, sometimes I got to be like, Mom, okay, I'm about to get off the phone. She's like, no, just make sure you, you know, pray and thank God for, like, everything he's giving you. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, I'm so proud of you. I, I, you know, I said, but I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So it resonates mm. with me. Like, I, I always hear that in my head. Like, and I just think about that whole scenario. And I'm like, man, what if, like, you know? Yeah. I mean, one thing. I mean, like to your point, man. Everything that you're accomplishing now, it's it's easy to say, like, oh, he's one of the best running backs. But not only where you came from in your upbringing, but to your point, tying it to your mom, a, a different generation, the sacrifices she made. 
pave way for what you're doing right now, not just for yourself, your family, and even in the community, man. That's that's real and that's a beautiful thing, man. So tell me this. Is there, if, if you can give yourself one piece of advice back then that you know now that you didn't know back then, what would it be? Ooh, that I know now that I didn't know back then. All right, we went over our scenarios about the Christmas and like, you know, like realizing that, okay, you're the family that is less fortunate, right? Yep. So I think back then, once I realized that, I'm like, well, dang, like, I guess if you don't have money, like, you're not happy or you're not, you know, you're not worth, you know, worth it, I guess. So I think my piece of advice to myself back then is like, man, that, that and you know what I'm saying? What matters is like yeah. the genuine, like, relationship you have in your life, your family, you know, like, you know, what really drives you to, to, you know, do things and wake up in the morning, like, you know, okay, cool money, money, you know, we all make money. We all have a job to do. We all need money to obviously do what we want to do, what we got to do, take care of our family and stuff. But, you know, I know when I wake up in the morning, money is not the driving force in my life. I'm not like, oh, I got to wake up and make this amount of money this morning, like, or today or this week. I'm like, man, I get to wake up and go, you know, play football and you know I strive this long to be able to play this sport that I love like you know getting paid is a bonus you know mm -hmm. I get to go and you know I got other business ventures that I'm doing like I get to wake up on my off day and go like I'm building a juice bar right now I get to go do that like it's not for the money it's like the process of doing that it's like man like if I could look back and if I could go back and like ask myself like man what do you see yourself doing like I would have said football of course but you know, just all the other things that I'm doing that, like, genuinely make me happy. It's not about the money. It's the actual, like, process of doing these things. So I would just tell myself, give myself the advice of don't worry about, you know, the actual dollar amount. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about the dollar amount because I think when we're younger, we're all worrying about, like, oh, I want a million dollars. Oh, I want $10 million and things like that. Don't worry about the amount, man. Do what makes you happy. Be you and the amount and you know, you'll have whatever you want, you know, as long as you're doing stuff for the right reason, genuine reason. That's perspective, man. That's perspective. You're, you're so right. I mean, money is a is a tool. Right. And back then, it's always it's easy to look at something you don't have and feel like that's the thing that's going to make you happy. And for you and we'll get to your contract because you got a lot of money now. You're exactly right. It don't make you happy, man. That's that's deep. That's deep. OK, so you get to high school. You're killing it. You're, you're one of the top running backs in the country. And you make the decision to go to Alabama. Why Why did you choose Alabama? Man, I, so really my choice to go to Alabama was like more to prove to myself that, you know, I'm, I really am the best. Like I'm one of the best. It wasn't like, mm. you know, I could I could have went anywhere I wanted to go, you know, but I wanted to be around the best to keep continuing to, to strive to be the best ultimately. So that's why I chose to go to Bama. Like it wasn't, I, I wasn't looking at a roster or nothing. I was just like, man, Coach Saban, you coach the best. Like, I want to be the best. Let's go. Like, it is what it is. I feel like the common thing with you is you just you just follow your gut. Like, yo, this is what I this is what I need to be to be doing. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so you talked about it earlier. Your uncle is Coach K, who of course is the founder of Quality Control Music Label. Did did he used to kick you game when you was a youngin and you were starting to make these decisions on your own? Oh yes, indeed. Cause I seen him do so much and, and grow so much and like build a empire like you know that was the money that I was around like <clears throat> a lot and I was just learning so much about mm -hmm. you know obviously industry wise like you know how money works and how it moves but you know just him personally like 
the type of things he does with his money and and the way he uses it like he's not into the money if you like like what I was just saying like it's not about the money per se what he does it's more about what he does and then you know the money comes after but I mean he 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 one he he's one of the like smartest money minds that I know probably for sure so was it him that like made you think all this was possible like what was the thing that you're like because I feel like seeing is believing. And if you don't have something that says, oh, I could take this to the top level, you don't know it's a reality. So what was that thing for you that made you know early on you could get to the level that you are now? Man, that's a good question. And it's funny, like, seeing that, being around that and seeing that was definitely, it, it played a part. But, like, nobody, no, like, I never, I never really had a, like, a set, like, view or vision of, like, what, you know, what this would be like. Uh-huh. So I never had an expectation of what it would be like. So I was just, you know, I was living like, okay, well, day by day when I make it, I'm going to see, you know what I'm saying? Like I kind of got a little blueprint. I see what it is, but you know, it's it's one thing seeing somebody else's money and what they do with it and then getting your own and like, you know, hopefully being solid enough and grounded enough and have enough information to be able to apply that to when you are in that situation. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I never had I never had a like a set goal or a set like, oh, okay, this is what it's gonna be. Somebody telling me this is what it's gonna be like. It was just like, man, okay, well, I just gotta equip myself to be ready to be in that that situation and be grounded enough and be, you know, well rounded enough to stick to my morals when the access is like now almost unlimited. No, that's 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 perfect. So when you get to Alabama now, I ain't had a luxury of playing at a uh, perennial program juggernaut in college football. So I, I can't imagine there's any shortage of resources, training tables, scholarship check, all of that stuff. So for you, did you have any financial worries when you were in school at Alabama? No, I didn't really, really have too many financial worries because, again, just coming from my background, like I was just like, OK, I, I done had the lowest of the low. So. You know, anything on top of what I had was a bonus. So I was just grateful for the whole opportunity and like just the position that I was in. So, you know, I mean, obviously, like you said, like yeah, college athletes, scholarship checks and, you know, you do what you got to do. So like, yeah, man, I already started like when I got right when I stepped on campus, I already had more than I had. So I was just mm. blessed to be in that position. I'm like, OK, cool. Like, but there was never a situation where it got where I got ahead of myself and I was like, now I can get this and get this and get this. It's like. Every point I reach in my life where I, I feel like I can obtain more, there's nothing that I really want, you know, besides the things that really matter, like, you know, my, my friends, my family, and, like, you know, what genuinely makes me happy every day, like, outside of football, like, you know, just, you know, being able to do things with people that I love, like, do things for people that I love, you know, and just, like, mm-hmm. make things happen that make me happy, so. So, you're at Alabama, and it's not quite the fit that you expected it to be man so dealt with some injuries i've never been injured in my life got hurt you know i'm a young i'm young i'm 17 years old man i'm in college i I get hurt you know emotionally i'm like man why is this happening to me you know and i've talked about this story so many times like now where i'm at 25 years old and four years into the nfl i can look back and say i was immature as hell like not only dealing with that that injury and like on the field like off the field i was just like you know i was doing whatever i wanted to do pretty much like i was just free like i'm like man and i was free in high school and doing what i wanted to do but college now you're away from home and i was just like i didn't really care i was just like man cool like i'm out here then i got hurt you know dealing with the coaches dealing with coach Saban, and i've had 
conversations with Coach Saban. I've had conversations with Coach Burton. And that was my running back coach. And I had conversations with Kirby Smart about, like, you know, just people that were there and knew me, like, you know, and saw, saw me kind of come up. Like, and I told like, yeah. I was honest with myself because that's one thing about it. You got to be transparent and you got to be real. Like, man, Coach, like, yo, I was immature as shit. Like, the things that I was doing and, like, what was coming, stemming from the things that I was doing, like, I completely deserved it. You know what I'm saying? But I wouldn't trade anything because that's what, you know, made me, like, who I am. And that's what kind of, you know, woke me up. And I was like, whoa, I can't, I can't do, I can't do it like this, you know? So do you feel like you lost a little bit of yourself while you were at Alabama? I wouldn't say I lost a bit of myself. I feel like, I think I just lost focus. I didn't lose myself. I lost focus just because mm. I was kind of dealing with, I didn't know, how, I didn't know, I was immature to the point where I didn't know how to deal with being injured. I always been playing football and like didn't have any injuries, didn't really battle too much adversity within mm. football. You know what I'm saying? That's what I came to Alabama to do, play football. So once I got injured, I was like, man, like I kind of just, I was shook a little bit because I'm like, man, what am I supposed to, what, are, what, what am I doing? Like, so that kind of just dealing with Coach Saban and Coach Burn Burns and like Coach Smart, like I kind of just distanced myself and you know, I, I was just kind of went in the shell and I, nobody could really talk to me. So I kind of mm. just, it wasn't as much as, you know, the the actual on the field things that made me leave Alabama. It was like personal. It was like, and it, it, it's, it's a little bit of immaturity. It was personal. It was like, man, nobody understands. Nobody cares to understand or listen. And, you know, I just need to get out of here. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. thinking back, I'm like, that's so immature. That's immature as hell. Like, you're not giving nobody, I'm looking back at young Alvin, I'm like, you ain't giving nobody a chance to understand or go through, like, hop, hop into your head or have a conversation with you about what you're going through. And I know why I didn't, because I didn't know what I was going, I didn't even know. Like, I, I I had no explanation or no grip on what was going on. You know what? I mean, I, I you're, you're, you're right. The, the maturity development wasn't quite there yet. But to your point, man, that mentality of, this is what I'm feeling. This is this is what's reality to me. There's gonna there's two sides to it. There's good and there's bad. This is one of the bad looking back, but it's still a good thing because that same thing again is what got has guided you throughout. And more times than not, with more experience, those decisions become more knowledge based and have more you know data in your own head to make the right decision. And it's, it's really the thing that makes you special. At a pivotal point in his career, Alvin decides to leave one of the best football programs in the country. As crazy as that sounds, Alvin trusted his gut because to him, putting your happiness first is the key to being truly successful in your career and in your finances. And on top of that, Alvin learned a lot about himself. After the break, we'll dive into what came next for Alvin after his choice to leave Alabama. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Alvin Kamara. So when you make the decision to leave Alabama, did you have a conversation with any of your circle or was it just like, yo, I'm out and we'll, this just is what it is? Yeah, I mean, I had, I had some conversations. Like, of course, I had to talk to moms about it. And she's like, she, you know, she's all about the, she, she's so much about the outside perception because she wants me to be, and I understand it. She wants me to be so like, she doesn't want me to be viewed in a negative light at all. She wants it to be mm -hmm. clean cut. Like, no, you just need to stay and just, you know, just fix it, make sure everything's good, just stay there. And I'm like, ma, like, it's just something in me that's like, I can't be here. Like, it's just something. I don't know. I, and I, I know if I stay, I'm not going to be happy. Like, I got to leave. Right. You know, I talked to my sister and she's like, man, you know, she's supportive. She's like, whatever you got to do, do it. Like, you know, you got to go full speed because you can't live your life 
you know, half and half. You got to do what you got to do. Talk to my brother. He's like, man, let's go. You got it. You know, he's so calm. He's just like, you got it. And talk to my friends and they like, shoot, come on, do what you got to do. Where are you going? And mm-hmm. then like, you know, Kev and man, my twin, like, man, I'm talking to them and they like, what you going to do? What's the move? So of course I got to go talk to Saban and, you know, like, you know, I'm leaving and this and that. And he's like, no. And me being young, I'm like, no. So okay, I got something for you. So I go to the academic center and I withdraw to all my classes. Cause Saban, he would like, he was just like, no. So I withdraw to all my classes, go back. And I'm like, yo, I withdrew out of all my classes. Like you need to like release me. Like you need to, I'm trying to get out of here. So we like, bet. All right. Yeah. Cool. At that point he was sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, go ahead. So you had to literally force your way out of Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. I forced, I, I forced it. And looking back, I could have handled it a different way, but you know, I was used to doing things one way. Like I just kind of, I, I came up like, you know, with that kind of yeah. mentality. Like I had to get whatever I got to do, I got to do it. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm about to, I, I got to force their hand or something. And did that and made it happen. And out of there. I mean, you made it happen in a, in a big way. And I know you said that there was like a, an immaturity level that went into the, just that part of your life. But it, I mean, if you're a running back that wants to play in the league, Alabama is the place to be. So did you weigh like the finan- the future financial ramifications that this could potentially have of leaving this place that I feel like most running backs want to be at and be in the rotation of? You know what? It's so funny because my mom was kind of, she was the one that was weighing it for me. And I was like, man, I don't give a damn. I'm out of here like and watch. I'm about to watch what I'm going to do. Like I, watch what I'm going to do. In 2013, 2014, January, when I left Alabama, like January Fourth, I remember the day. That's deep, man. That's conviction. I ain't gonna lie to you. So now, so now you leave Alabama and you go to a junior college. Now, for people at home that don't know what the JUCO life is like, it ain't the glitz and glamour of Alabama. Explain to them what that the new environment that you stepped into was like. <laughs> I'm coming from the top of the top, cream of the crop, Alabama University, of Alabama national champions. Every resource you could think of. All type of support, you know, anything you, you like what you imagine college to be in the movie, like <laughs> a football movie perfectly outlines like cop Alabama. That's what it is. So Juco, imagine the exact opposite. <laughs> no resources, no help, no nothing. Like you just got to it's grimy and you a lot of people don't make it out. Like I don't think shoot, it's it might have been like three people that out of when I went there that like kind of like, you know, kind of carved their way out and, and did what they had to do out of my class. But man, it's like Juco is the ultimate. It's not even about the football mentally. If you're not strong, you're not get you're not going to make it at all. So it's tough, but you know, thankfully where I went to school, I went to, so I went to Hutchinson community college. I had some support. I had a little bit of support. So I, you know, I ended up going to Tennessee Cordero Patterson went to Hutch. Two guys from my, my high school actually went to Hutch, so I got connected, you know, with um, Thaddeus Brown. He was the coach there. You know, he kind of got me to come there. So, you uh-huh. know, I kind of had a little bit of support. And then on the academic side, you know, we were one of the, I guess, one of the only schools probably that had, like, a little bit of academic support. And Erin Ellis, I will never forget her. She helped me get out of there, like, <laughs> on the academic uh-huh. side. Because if I didn't have her, I probably wouldn't have made it up. Dude, that, that, ain't, that ain't no easy track, especially to your It's one thing to go from high school to JUCO and make it out. To go from the cream of the crop of Alabama back down to JUCO, 
That's a complete culture shock. So did you have to change the way that you saved and budgeted at JUCO? Understanding the resources ain't quite the same. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Because it wasn't, there wasn't no, like, scholarship checks and things like, man, you just out there and you, like, in the wild and you just, you got to, you got to make it, you got to make it happen. Like, I'm prideful in the sense that I feel like, man, I'm not going to call nobody until this last resort, until this, like, I absolutely, like, I'm crawling, like, you know what I'm saying? Trying to scratch it. I'm on my last penny, like, you know what I'm saying? So I just did, like, I changed my, I flipped my mindset into thinking, like, okay, well, I already had to hustle in me. So, like, it was like I had to hustle 10 times harder and do what I had to do, anything I had to do, like, work, study, program, anything just to, like, you know, just stay afloat. I was like, man, if I could just make, just stay, stay trading water, I'll be good. I ain't need too much. I was just like, as long as I could eat and I could, you know, just, you know, bare necessity, bare essentials, I'm good. Yeah. You let your gut guide you in your decisions. Do you let your gut guide you the same way when you're weighing things financially or making money decisions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, like with that, man, I, I'm so I'm so like polished and so like detailed in how I deal with my money, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because those transactions, like, it could make or break you, you know what I'm saying? And it has, it's, it's made or, it's, it's broken a lot of people, a lot of athletes specifically. So mm -hmm. when I'm when I'm dealing with money, man, I'm like, I, I, sometimes I find myself, I be quizzing my mama, I'm like, man, what do you need this for? Like, it could be, <laughs> it, it, it could be a thousand dollars, I'm like, man, what, 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 what you trying to do with it? Why you need it? Didn't I just give you this? I'm like, and I'm like, man, that's my mom. You know, she's like, I'm your mom. You need to just say yes. And I'm like, hell no. I'm like, man, what, <laughs> what, what you about to do with this money? <laughs> See, that's that's that mentality from when you were younger, like making things stretch and making sure that, you know, hey, there's got to be a reason for this. There's It's one thing to never have it. It's it's a whole nother thing to get it and lose it. And if you keep that mentality, that's how you, that's how you maintain it. I'm telling you. So, Alvin, you mentioned when you were at JUCO, that you only needed a loaf of bread and some peanut butter to get by. Explain the significance of that statement and that mentality for us. Man, it was literal, literal and figurative. Like, so, man, it's just tough. Like, Juco life was tough. So, man, some days, like, man, I was like 190 in Juco, like, from 215 mm. to 10. So, you know, it's tough. Like, you eating literally so a loaf of bread and peanut butter i'm like man i gotta keep this on me like i need this this is gonna get me by and then figurative it's like man if you can get by with a loaf of bread and peanut butter like what else you know if, if you can make that work man you shoot you you good like you good so it was so many things like man so many things like i went without a phone for a while out there i broke my phone and i'm like man i just gotta get by like i'm cool whatever like you know you just gotta keep moving like man it's times where like like when it was time to go home, like man, that's when that's like them times where I had to call in for the stimulus. Like, okay, yeah, I need it. Like I couldn't get I couldn't get out of Kansas because I ain't you know I ain't had like I ain't have it. Like I couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. just that that mentality, and I've had that mentality since I was a kid too. Like me and my best friend, like we talk about that now to this day. Like man, shoot, if we had to go back to a loaf of bread and peanut butter, we know we can make it work. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody don't got that in them, but. I know, like, I know, man, I'm so my mind is so fortified, like, that I, shoot, I can get by with, with nothing. Like, no, I can't. Tried and true, you've been through it. And, and to your point, man, like, when you know you've already been through it and you can get out of it, it doesn't scare you anymore. Now you can make real decisions not based in fear. 
Exactly. It ain't, it ain't nothing. You got to keep moving. What's the biggest lesson you learned in JUCO? So, like, I, I just came up with something when I was out there. Like, when I was getting ready to leave, like, I just made, like, I wrote, like, a whole long, like, note, like, basically to myself, you know, and I kind of, like, I posted a picture of it. It's, like, it's probably still on my Instagram. Like, I posted a picture and just, just thinking, like, my last thoughts, just wrapping up my, like, JUCO experience. And, like, when I left, like, I was going to the airport. I left everything I had. Like, everything that I had while I was out there, like, bag, clothes. I mean, I, got, I went to the airport with my wallet and my phone, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? You like, left it, it all at school. Yeah, I left everything. I ain't even, I ain't get my cap and gown. I ain't get a diploma. I did. I was like, man, I'm gone. Like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I ain't, it was so, it was such a, it was such a journey that I was like, man, I'm really out of here. So I was like, I'm really out of here. I'm gone. Like, don't call me. I'm gone. So, you know, I, as I was like, you know, at the airport, like, I'm just at the airport and I'm really in the airport. I'm like, man, I don't, like, this is my last time having to, like, see Hutchinson Community College. Like, you know what I'm saying? It could have broken me, but I made it. I'm like, man. The lesson that I learned out there, it was like, you know, I've never been more comfortable being myself till I found out who I really was. That's mm. like, and I, and I can't, like, I was just thinking, like, man, damn, like, I done been through so much in such a short period, like, in a short span, like, and I'm like, man, I really figured out who I was. And, like, you know, I thought, of course, everybody, like, yeah, I know who I am. Like, and I had a good idea. I had a good idea. I ain't going to say I didn't have a good idea. I had a good idea of who I was, but I was like, just that time being there. You know, that was what summed it up. That's the lesson I learned. I said, you ne- you'll never be, I, I, I never felt better about being myself until I found out who I really was. I still write that down something sometimes, like every now and then, like I'll write it in my notes in my phone and just look at it or just write it on a piece of paper and it's like, man, like I can truly say like I know exactly who I am. So that's why, I, I mean, I don't get uncomfortable in the room with nobody on, I don't get uncomfortable with nothing that come out my mouth, like nothing, I'm, shoot, I stand 10 toes on everything I do, everything I say, because I know who I am. And that's that's the beauty in the journey, man. Like, and I know you don't regret a signing with Alabama or b leaving Alabama because, to your point, you know that JUCO experience, that road that you took, set you up for the success that you got now. And I said this to you years ago: you are different. You've thought different. You've thought well beyond your years. And the only thing that gives you that perspective at such a young age is going through the experiences just like you did, going down to the bottom. And climbing your way out to show nothing's going to break you. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate that, too. Absolutely, man. All right, so next up, you go back to the SEC and you sign with Tennessee. What is your gut telling you at that point? Man, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm back, baby. Like, <laughs> I'm recharged. I'm <laughs> like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Like, man, I'm, I'm going to Tennessee. I'm about to do what I got to do, and I'm about to get out of here. And I'm, shoot, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking through, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking through the whole Tennessee experience, and I'm seeing NFL on the other side. But I'm still trying to stay focused on like, all right, I still got to do what I got to do here. But I was like, man, I made it through that JUCO, that JUCO situation. I'm gone. Like, it's God did not put me in this position to let me fail. So I'm like, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm set up. So you back on the field. How how had your mindset changed at Tennessee from when you were at Alabama? Man, going back to what my mom told me: don't take opportunities for granted. And I feel like at Alabama, I kind of took it for granted. You know what I'm saying? I kind of took it for granted a little bit, just being immature. Like, man, it's all right, whatever. I'm hurt. I don't care, blah, blah, blah. I got to Tennessee, and I just had, like, a new lease on, like, the sport itself. But, like, you know, everything that went into it, like, you know, just the interactions with with people within the sport, with coaches, with, you know, my teammates. Like, I just had a new, like, found just enjoyment in, in, in playing the sport and, like, you know, just navigating that that space. New appreciation. So, okay, 
you get on the field, you're doing basically five times the production uh, of the opportunities you're getting on the field and you're balling. Do you feel yourself inching closer to accomplishing your goal of getting to the league? Oh, yes, indeed. Like, I'm just inching, like, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm really here. Like, it was never, it was never a Saturday that went by that I was like, oh, it's just another Saturday. I'm like, man, I'm here. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm feeling good as long as I keep my, you know, my spirits in the right place and keep my energy right and, you know, just keep moving forward and keep looking for it. I'm going to be good. Like, you know, God got me and, you know, what's for you will, will, will always be, you know what I'm saying? So that's what was like in my head. I'm like, it's, it's for me. You know, it's for me. I didn't make it this far to not make it. You know what I'm saying? It's for me. It's for me. So. Even when other people didn't quite see it yet. So after your junior, after your junior year, you had a decision to make, a decision that shocked a lot of people at the time. What happened? Man, so are we talking about my after my first year at Tennessee? Well, when you made the decision to go to the league. Oh, yeah. Man, I was ready to go. I was gone. I said, man, look, you know, because like you said, it shocked a lot of people because a lot of people felt like, you know, I didn't do I didn't do enough to, you know, be able to go to the, to the NFL or, you know, they felt like there was more, you know, that I left so much at, you know, in college, you know, I left so much out on the field in, in, in the sense of being in college, you know, and part of it, I mean, a lot of it was just, you know, I just wasn't given the opportunity, but, you know, my mentality yep. was I'm just going to keep moving forward, do what I do with the opportunity that, that is given to me and, you know, what's for me will be in the end. I don't care what nobody has to say. Nobody can stop you know, what's for me. So, you know, uh, that whole Tennessee situation was what it was. People still have mixed emotions about it. I mean, I'm just like, all right, it was what it was. I didn't, it's not, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, give myself the production that I felt like I knew I could, you know, put out because, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. the coach, I just play. So, after that second year at Tennessee, I'm like, I'm gone. I don't care. Like, I'm going to bet on me. I have been here before. Like, I done been in a situation like this before. I know how to handle it. I'm more mature because of the situations in the past, and I'm about to make this work. And wherever I end up, I'm going to show them. What did your family say about the decision? Everybody was cool. Like, here go my brother again. Like, oh, yeah, you good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know I know. bro was like, yeah, we out, bro. Yeah, we like, got we this. Out, man, do what you got to do. Not, <laughs> not even in the sense that, like, oh, you about to make some money. He's just like, man, bro, you've been grinding. Like, right. it's... it's, it's it's almost ingrained in you to like suffer and struggle and like break through. So he's like, man, go. My sister like, yeah, mm. let's get it. Like, come on, turn up. My mom kind of like, ah, like just stay one more year and prove it. And, but I don't know. I get it. And I'm like, man, mom, this, my gut is telling me like, go. Right. I'm telling everybody like, my gut is telling me go. Like, you know, I'm, I don't care. I'm everybody like, you need to get projections and this, that. I'm like, I don't care about a projection, man. You can, can't no man tell me. You know what I'm saying? What what I know about myself, can't can't nobody, especially what I've been through. I'm like, man, can't nobody tell me more about myself than me. So I'm like, I'm gone. I declare and, you know, you know, just bet on myself. Was was the decision to leave early a financial decision at all? No, nah, it wasn't a financial decision. Like, man, I done had a, a loaf of bread and peanut butter, Hulk. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't get, man, it, it, it was what it was. I wasn't worried about the money. I was just like, man, I've been climbing, like, just, you know, ascending and, you know, hit a ridge and, you know, drop down and ascend, ascend, ascend. I'm ascending, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just going steadily. And I'm like, man, it's one more spot to go. 
And I'm like, I feel like I'm ready. Like me personally, as a per- as a man now, you know, being going through all this, and now as a man, I'm like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever you know, whatever I got to do to to you know reach that dream that I that goal that I've set, you know, so many years ago, and you know had to struggle and, and sacrifice and scratch and claw to get to. Like I'm like, man, I'm here. Like I'm ready for it. So I mean, you said earlier in life, your mom managed your your money that you would get uh, in college. How did you manage your money in college? Or was it just not enough money to manage? Oh, uh, it, it, I had en- I had enough money to manage in college. I just kept the kind of the same like my mentality from when I was in high school. I'm like, what can I go without? What do I really need? What are what are wants and what are needs? And mm. most of the time, I just focused on my needs. I did the, what I needed, what I needed to do. You know what I'm saying? Like gas, mm. food. You know, like bare essentials to to live. Like you know pair of shoes here and there cool like do what i want like some of the stuff that i wanted to do but that was it was never like over the top like oh i'm about to blow money on this or blow. i was cool right. most of my money that i had in college i had saved and when i declared like i had a good amount of money and i was like oh okay cool like when i did when i declared though no, i kind of i spent some money i was like man whatever i'm about to go <laughs> i'm about to go to the league so <laughs> i spent a, not not a lot it was like 200 2000 something i think like i bought like a a Louis duffel bag or something. I was just like, whatever. Hey, you got to give yourself little nuggets along the way. How, how did you prepare yourself financially for the league? Like, you know you're going to the league. You know you know where you're going to end up, even if other people don't believe or understand. So how did you get yourself ready for the finances that you knew would come with this, this honestly, your first job ever? So, okay, boom. we get I get drafted. You know, numbers start coming, like signing bonus, things like that. And I'm like, okay, this is more than I've ever had. Nobody, no... My mom ain't had never had this much. My brother, my sister. So I'm like, okay, I would be, I would be, it would be a shame if I got this and lost it, right? So I'm like, I'm about to just keep doing the same thing I've been doing. What I need, and that's it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not about to go over the top. I'm not about to, you know, live beyond my means. Like, uh-huh. just do what I got to do. So when I got to the league, I got my signing bonus. And like, people always see the story like, man, did you really go? Like, I said, I went and bought some wings. And like, I was just, I put the rest of it up. I literally went and got some wings. It was like, man, I got when that signing bonus hit. I was like, damn, I was looking at it. I went and got some wings, and I was like, man, I'm not spending none of this money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not spending none of it. Like, that's my football, like my football money, my actual football money. And to this day, I still have not spent a dollar of my football money, new money or rookie contract money. I have not spent one dollar of it. So, so you haven't spent any of your salary? Nothing. Wow. So where do you live? Is off of endorsements? Yeah, strictly? straight off endorsements. So, so that's what I was getting to. Like my rookie year, you know, shoot, everybody, you know, go through the little panini money, like little, like just the little scrape ups from you know the draft process and things like that. So I was like, man, okay, you got, you can't sell anything if you don't have anything to sell, right? So I'm like, I got to do what I got to do on the field to create a product that people want to buy, right? So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it starts with the production that I do on the field. So I'm like, okay. I got this 80, 90, 100,000, like, okay, my rookie year. So I'm like, okay, I, I'm good. I can, that, that's more than enough. That's outside of my signing bonus, which was like 900,000. So, but I'm like, I'm about to, I'm about to live off this. I'm good. Like I can, I can definitely manage with this. If I can't, then it's shame on me, but I can definitely manage with this. I was like, meanwhile, I got to do what I got to do on the field to put myself in the position to make more on this side, not my football mm-hmm. money side. Cause that's what it is. I got to do more, do what I got to do as far as playing to, to make this grow. So that's what I did. I just focused on balling. 
That's the that's that JUCO mentality, man. That loaf of bread and peanut butter mentality. So you get drafted in the third round by the Saints. After all the work, the ups and downs, the making ends meet, the transferring three different colleges, you had finally made it. When did it click for you that things financially were different? Like where you're like, okay, life is different for me. When did it click? I think when that when my signing bonus hit my signing bonus hit my account, that's when it clicked. I was like, oh yeah, okay, I can like the little things don't really like aren't look aren't. I mean the the big things that used to be big, they're not big anymore. Like a car breaking down or a, a bill or like them things don't really they kind of like they small things now. It's like okay, I can I knew at that point that I can take care of things that I needed to take care of like without worrying. Mm-hmm. Like money, like you said earlier, it's just money is just a means to you know. Do, take care of you, you know, you, your family. It's just a means, you know. It's not everything. It's just a means to do things. It made it made it easier to do things. That that's my favorite quote from you. That the one you talked about when they said, "What did you do with your signing bonus?" I put that blank in the bank and went and bought some mother blank wings. You were focused on just being you, making sure you're maintaining, making sure your perspective and your 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 focus is in the right area. Did you try to keep like a Low profile when you got to the league. Yeah, I mean, I and I still like to this day. I still do. But when I when I got to when I got to NFL, I was cool, man. I like to this day. Like you will never see me with like a bunch of new people. It's the same people that I've been hanging with since I was young. Like my family, like just close knit family, close knit friends, and I just you know I do me. I'm kind of like out the way. Like you know, it's like some little thing. Like what is Alvin doing? Like I'm just chill. I'm out the way, man. I'm chilling. Like I don't want to be all in. in 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 the way of everything, I'm just cool doing what I got to do. Yeah, and you, so you, all right. So I wish, hey, I wish I could made enough money in endorsements to live off of endorsements. If I would have tried to live off of endorsements, I would have been living the same JUCO life you were living. I ain't get that many endorsements. I ain't have it like that, AK. But on the endorsement side, you've also said you won't endorse products that you don't use or at least that you find a value to you. So with that level of authenticity. As the criteria, how do you navigate uh, finding what brands to work with and or, you know, picking the amount of endorsements that generates that kind of revenue? All right. So I'm going to tell you the way I think about endorsements. I don't know if everybody thinks about endorsements the way I think about it. The way I think about it, like an endorsement, you know, essentially what an endorsement is, is somebody paying you to do something for them to endorse their product to, to, you know, I guess just Mm -hmm. bring more attention to their product right right? so i'm like okay i can somebody can pay me to you know endorse their product but you know once they do that they're gonna move on to the next hottest thing and they're gonna be the next to endorse their product because basically essentially what that that brand is trying to do is sell product right so i'm like all right i don't want that's not that's not the way i want to approach these these relationships i want to be a part like I want to be a partner. I want to be, I want it to be a real relationship to where, you know, like it's not just a one-off thing. Like, Oh, we're paying you to do this here, do it. And all right, cool. Like all the brands that I work with, I can call like directly and talk to, you know, a CEO, uh, somebody, somebody high up, you know, and just have a regular conversation with them. Like happy birthday, check on like, you know, how the kids, like how do I, like that's the type of things that I do. So it's more than just the brand. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's it's an actual relationship to where it's not about it's obviously it's about the money like we talked about earlier, but it's not even about the money. 
So it's like a genuine connection and a relationship to where it's beyond just, okay, you're branding our, our product and we paid you and all right, cool. It's like, man, it's like, it's like a fan. It's almost like a family thing. It's like we working yep. together for real. We're working together, but we care for each other. So that's kind of how, how, how I've worked. In that and that approach now. is unique, man. Cause I, I think most athletes, especially young ones don't have that kind of foresight. I mean, I, I've watched you genuinely show love on Twitter to brands and products that you rock with. And all of a sudden, a couple months, a year later, I see the commercial. So, I mean, specifically air, airheads, fruit of the looms, talk about how those relationships were cultivated in the way that you just, you just alluded to. Man, like, it's just like, like I said, man, I don't really mess with anything that I don't like. If I don't, if I'm not at home with no cameras on me and like genuinely like rocking with that certain brand or that certain product, I'm not going like I don't I'm not going to stamp it off because that just it's just not the way I'm living like I don't really like it's nothing I don't force nothing and I don't fake nothing you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying so with airheads like I literally like that was my favorite candy growing up so you know me thinking I'm like man dang like I'm just tweeting like man I love airheads you know like da 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 it just had just so happened that they was watching and you know it started off the relationship organically and we were able to put something together. And now, like, man, I've talked to, I, man, I was just on a Zoom call with, like, 40 people, like, in, in the Airheads, like, you know, that work for Airheads, like, just talking to them and, you know, checking on them throughout the pandemic and, like, just saying what's up, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, just keeping that connection. Like, I took my boy Jamie that works over at Airheads, you know, he's up top, like, he, you know what I'm saying? That's my guy. Like, I just texted him, he texted me the other day, like, shot me a picture of, um, of me playing it was like man your visor is dope like you know it's just like it's real yeah. personable and real relatable like we just we talk you know what i'm saying and then with fruit of the loom like same thing like i wear fruit of the loom t-shirts i wear white t-shirts like i grew up wearing white tees like it's something that like it's something so small but it's something that was so like near to me i was like man it's like being from atlanta like when you a white tee hold like a certain type of you know what i'm saying it's, it's just mm-hmm. a certain type of thing, like a white t-shirt. It's just like, that's the foundation of like everything. So I'm like, man, this this t-shirt, like it's, man, this is the most comfortable, man, boom, boom. And they were watching, thankfully. And that relationship just came about naturally. And, you know, it's like, a uh, it's a partnership, a relationship, not just an endorsement. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's organic too. And that's like, what, you could pay someone just to say something. And to your point, they don't care. You don't get the most value. Or, you know, in your situation, you can pay the best running back in the league who genuinely rocks with your product. Like, he's going to be telling people anyway just because he is a true user. And I'm going to believe that more. Because I see you with the Fruit of the Loom t-shirt on before the endorsement. So when you tell me it's the most comfortable t-shirt, I'm going to believe you. Mm -hmm. And, I'm man, it's so funny because, like, we all know, we all know, you, you know this, like, you can watch you can watch something you be like man he just getting you know he they gave him a bag to do that like they just you know yep yep with my stuff I don't want it to be like that I want it to be like yeah okay he really like he really rock with that he like that that's smart man that's smart all right well if people haven't been reading the headlines you just got paid my friend 75 million dollar extension now you said that you handle uh your money directly you know but for this new deal did you learn any financial lessons in negotiations or throughout the process of, of you trying to make this come to life? I wouldn't say I learned anything new about money, 
But I will say, like, just, I mean, you you play it, so you know, that process of going mm. through that and negotiating, that's a process. Like, that's serious. You know what I'm saying? It's business. So it goes back to that quote. There's 25 reasons people do things. One is money and the other don't matter. Mm. I'm like, oh, man, like, this is, but it's a business. You know, it's a job. You know what I'm saying? So you got to kind of keep that in mind while you're going through that right. process. So I'm really learning. I'm just like, you know, you got to take yourself out of it and just step back and look at it for what it is. It's like, you know, these people are paying you to do something like to, you know, perform and, 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 you know, play a role and, you know, and ultimately be represent their brand basically. You know what I'm saying? So it was just many a times where I was going through this negotiation process and I'm like, you know, they're obviously about to pay me a lot of money to represent the New Orleans Saints brand. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. when I get this money, I need to be, I I, I got to keep it the same. Like, I got to be responsible and, you know what I'm saying, not get beside myself. Not that I was worried about that, but, you know, just, you know, just kind of like r- running that in my head. Like, okay, yeah, this is like, this is real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I ain't never had this much amount, this amount of money. Like, you know, I've seen dudes get paid like that, but it's like, when it's happening to you, like, I've been working up to this point and I know I've been doing what I got to do, but. You know, it's still surreal when it's like about to happen, and then when it does happen, you like, whoa, like, dang! All right, I got, I got my bread. See, and seventy-five million. I mean, and you talked about it uh, throughout your journey. You stayed level-headed. You stayed steady. You stayed, you know, under putting everything in perspective. How do you maintain that mentality going forward, knowing? that you will likely never have to worry about money for the rest of your life. It was funny because I was just talking to I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. So they were asking me, like, yo, like, I know you got your contract. Like, what did you buy? Like my homie was asking me, was like, man, what you buy? I know you bought something. Like, yeah, I know you bought something. And I'm like, bro, I haven't bought nothing. I ain't buy nothing. I got my contract and me and my mm. best friend, my best friend Trayvon, we went, we literally like I got my contract. That was a Saturday, right before the first game. I got my contract. I, I got to my crib. He was at my house. And he like, you know, he like, we did it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because we grew up playing ball together and everything. So, like, he like, man, you was the one that was, this was, it was destined for you. You know what I'm saying? You, I'm, I'm proud of you, whatever, whatever. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, I'm just sitting there. We kind of, like, reflecting. And I'm like, man, I'm hungry. He like, I'm hungry. Like, we go get something to eat. We, like, go to Chipotle. We go get some food. Come back. <laughs> and I fall asleep. Like. It wasn't, it was just like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't too much. Like, but one thing I did do, like when I went upstairs to go sign my contract, like my homie work at the AT&T store, I texted, I texted her and I was like, yo, like cut my phones off. You know what I'm saying? Cause I ain't want no clutter or no, like, I ain't want the fake, I ain't want no, like, I ain't want no fake, like, oh, congrats. Like, I haven't had that number for a while. I'm like, I don't even want to talk to nobody that wasn't really like there through my journey and like yep. you know what I'm saying I don't care for none of that so I did that I had I was preparing for it like I had bought new phones for this moment like I cut my phones off and I activ- I told her activate the new numbers and I just like literally like sat and pulled a few numbers out of the phone that I that I just turned off and I'm like it's Alvin you know what I'm saying it's Alvin like it's Alvin, it's Alvin. so then it's like I just really controlled like my intake for what, you know, what just happened. Like, you know, people like, oh man, congrats, bro. Like, man, you did it. Da, 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 da. So it was like the gen- all the genuine people in my life that I felt like helped me get to that point. 
So that was like the most refreshing thing for me because I just I I don't do too well with like fake people. Yeah, I'll say that people that that wasn't there throughout the journey. Yeah, right? like, you know, is- yeah. So it, yeah. But yeah, me and my homie, we went and got something to eat. I went to sleep. I was just like, cool. Talked to my mom, talked to my sister, talked to a few people, and just I was chilling. Now I'm gonna tell you straight up, AK. I'm 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 as humble as they come, man. And I was with you on the wings for the first signing bonus. If I sign for seventy five million, I'm splurging. I ain't going to Chipotle. I can promise you that. That ain't my first stop. So you you a better man than me, and you probably gonna keep your money a lot longer than I would for that exact reason. One of my closest friends of my playing career is a guy by the name of Joe Thomas. Joe was not only a great guy, he was one of, if not the best left tackle to ever play the game of football. Now when you're as good as Joe was, signing contract extensions for millions of dollars is not a surprise to anyone. But to this day, one of the most surprising things that I witnessed firsthand in sports was how humble he remained through his entire career. He was the kind of guy that if you didn't know who he was, you would never suspect he made over $100 million as a professional athlete. He wore the same jeans he probably did since high school. He drove the same car for 10 years. And he treated everybody around him with the same respect as if he himself was a guy off the street. I'll never forget after one of his many contract extensions, we were sitting in the cafeteria and I said, Joe, now would be a great time for you to buy that beach house you said you always wanted. And he looked at me and he said, Hawk, it was a marathon to make this kind of money. I'll be damned if I make it a sprint to spend it. Now Joe was just being himself, but I thought that message was so profound and it's something that stuck with me even to this day. For Joe, the money that he made in his career was life changing and it could have changed the way he treated people or the way he went about things or the way that he managed his finances, but he stayed true to his roots. And just like Alvin, he is one of the most relatable superstars I've ever met. All right, now let's get back to it. How are you planning to make your money last long term at this point? Like you have the, a big contract. You own, I mean, it's you really only a quarter into your NFL career. What are you doing off the field to make sure your money lasts? Like I still, I still touch all my money. Like I still make, like I got eyes on all my money. Like I don't really have, you know, like the typical like financial advisor. Like mm-hmm. I don't really, I, I don't really do that. I got. I, I got an advisor, but I still I'm I, I I call all the shots. I got all the access. Like I ain't nothing moving without me saying something, and I keep it close like that because like I've heard horror stories and I've seen it, and we all seen thirty for thirties and this yeah. that. So I'm like, man, I'm not playing. Like I didn't I didn't the loaf of bread and peanut butter. Like I didn't I, I don't had to do it, and I'll do it again if I got to. But there's no reason I should have to do that again. So I'm like, man, look, I'm I'm gonna make sure this is right. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of keep an eye on that. Also, I don't even touch, I still don't touch my football money. I still haven't spent a dollar of it. So I don't even, I don't, I don't, that's in a whole separate account. Like, I don't even, I got a separate account for that. I don't look at it unless I need to, like, unless, of course, I'm handling something, like, you know, making sure everything is right, like, you know, doing some little investment things, IPO, stuff like that. But I don't touch it. I just focus on my, I do everything, run everything through my um, through my business, through my um, endorsements. That's it. Mm. So, so no money mentor. Who do, who do you lean on for advice? I'm not really trying to buy nothing. I'm not trying to do nothing. You know, the advice that I that I, I guess that you're talking about, I've acquired throughout this whole process getting here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. now it's like I've learned so much, and it's like the people that were kicking me game is like, 
yo, you gonna you gonna keep your money for a long time because you got this figured out. And I'm not arrogant in the sense that I'm like, yeah, I don't need nobody. I don't need to listen to nobody. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I still, I still, I'm still open, all open to, to everything that I can learn about, you know, managing money and acquiring wealth and, and maintaining wealth and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But like, I just don't, I don't take risks with my, with my money because I yeah. know how hard I've worked and not only how hard I've worked, but I know like going back to what my mom went through to sacrifice to get me to the position that I'm in, like, there's no way I would like take that for granted or risk that, you know what I'm saying? So I just I, I just keep it keep it clean, keep it vanilla, take care of what I got to take care of, and, and just stay low. I I like that, man. I, I I would tell guys all the time. I'm like to make it to the NFL, NBA, professional, you know, soccer, whatever that is. That was a 15 to 20 year process. So you would be ridiculous to when you get that money at that time, all of a sudden rush to spend it and make these decisions without educating yourself first. And to your point. That education, that making sure you're hands-on, making sure you understand and know where your money is going, what it's doing, is the way that you keep it for as long as possible. Yeah, I plan on keeping it. I I, I could tell. I could tell. So you, you said earlier you got a juice bar? Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm it's actually, it's been a month and four days that I've been building me and my best friend. So I, I, I kind of brought my best friend in to, you know, be my manager basically like he my eyes so yeah. i got a partner in it he brought me in on his brand and i just brought my best friend in like yo like i need you like that's why i was talking about just doing little things with mm-hmm. business and me and him i was like man we were so like-minded growing up that i was like it was a no-brainer to like kind of put him in a position to be able to you know hopefully acquire the same type of wealth and you know goals that I had, but you know, whatever goals his his whatever goals he has, I want him to acquire them same goals. So I'm building a juice bar, it's been like a process, like and my partner, the way my partner is, he basically let me and my my best friend do it, like run the whole thing. So we've been I've literally been in this building digging, like cutting concrete, like, you know, obviously I have a team that like I got a contractor and things doing that, but like me and my boy, we like, man. Everything we've done in our life, we've been hands-on and we've learned and we've been so, you know, like eager to, you know, progress and like acquire knowledge. Like, man, let's go. So we've been in there measuring, plumbing, electric, all type of stuff. And, you know, it's coming it's, it's coming along uh, really well right now. And we're almost done. We're probably about two weeks out. That's so dope, man. Hands-on. So, I mean, you're doing it with your best friends from when you were a kid. You got the same friends, the same circle that you've had your your whole life. What are some of the financial lessons that you learned early on that you see yourself putting into action right now where you sit at this moment? Man, definitely, I definitely, early on, like like we've been talking about, like, man, I just was never really overindulging in anything. Like, there's no, like, and I was talking to my sister about this, like, I don't really have any, like, vices where I'm like, man, this is where a lot, a large sum of my money is going. Like, I'm not really impressed or excited about much of anything you know when it comes to like material things you know what i'm saying yeah like i know i can get it but it's like there's nothing that that i can acquire that's going to make me feel better than making sure like my family and my friends are straight and like you know just those connections like that i've been talking about like the genuine things in my life that make me happy like you know you too you get a car that's cool for two months you like oh man whatever like shopping and doing all that all that stuff is cool, but like it's really not no substance in that. You know, it's there's things and 
you know, people have things and, you know, I have things. I'm not going to say I don't have things. Like, I have nice things, but, you know, that's not right. what makes me happy at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I find more comfort in knowing that I can get it and not getting it than actually, like, knowing I can get it and, and going and getting it. You know what I'm saying? I find yep. way more comfort and way more happiness in being like, I can get that. Mm, but <laughs> <laughs> When you got to the league, because I remember when I got to the league, right? Every, I mean, there was the OGs. There was the, vet, there was the people that was... When I got to the, I remember I went to the Bengals. The parking lot looked like a car show. I couldn't believe it, right? I ain't have no. I was coming from, I was sleeping on a couch not too long before that. But people would kick me game when I was ready to go buy a car. They were like, yo, man, just relax. Like, wait till you get to this point or do that. Did you have someone in the Saints locker room that when you got there would give you kind of advice about money or, you know, how to approach your career in the league? Oh, man. Like, so I walked into a great situation, like, Mark Ingram, was he went to Alabama, like, so I, I knew Mark, and it just so happened that, you know, he was in New Orleans, so, you know, when I got there, automatically had the best mentor, you know what I'm saying, so, like, I, I, I used to tell him, I'm like, man, you, like, I'm thankful that I had you, like, when I got into, walked into this league, because, you know, you taught me a lot, you know what I'm saying, like, to how to navigate this league, and, like, not only, like, just, you know, on the field, but, like, a little bit of off the field, too, you know, like, just learning little yeah. things about just being an NFL player because, obviously, I'd never been an NFL player before. And he's been, he had been in the league at that point seven, eight years. So, and then definitely him, Ted Ginn was another one that, you know, that's, like, them two, like, man, they taught me so much. And Ted was more of, you know, he was older than Mark also. So, Ted was definitely, like, OG for sure, like, Super OG, right. so man, he wasn't. He ain't even. He, he used to tell me so much about just on the field. Like he'll be talking to me in the huddle, like whispering some stuff. Like man, yeah, man, look, man, you conducting yourself in a, in a in a great way, but like it goes a long way. Like you know, what I'm saying you doing you taking care. Of, like nobody does what you could do on this field. You know, you you run, you catch, you do all that. But bro, keep treating people how you treat people, and keep you know, what I'm saying saying hi to the lunch lady, saying what's up to the janitor. Like you know, what I'm saying treating yeah. these people with respect in the community and things like that. And he was like, that'll take you so much further than just running running and catching the ball on Sunday. And I still, that resonates with me. Like, And Mark would tell me some of the same things, but Ted was older and he's seen so much more. Like, And he was just like, so it was, it was, it was almost like, it's funny to say this, like both of them was almost like father figures, like in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and with Ted, it was like, he was the super OG. So it was like, the way he said it was like father, like fatherly, like it was like, dang, like, yo, yeah. And you could look at Ted, because Ted was one of those players that he's he's still in the league lasting. He's been in the league a long time for that same reason, playing at a high level, but it's how you treat people. That stuff matters. And how you conduct yourself matters when you're talking about partnerships, endorsements, and you know, looking at your opportunity and career as a business. Mm -hmm, yeah, so man, them them two definitely I would say, like, man, they just their words definitely like resonate with me and they stuck with me and yeah. you know I still talk I still talk to Mark and I still talk to Ted like every day even though they're not in New Orleans I still talk to them you know as much as I can that's dope man that's dope well now you the OG and you got rookies coming in every year if you when those rookies come in acting crazy buying all the chains the cars spinning cra what is the one piece of advice if you can give a rookie one piece of advice what is the advice that you give them when they come into the Saints locker room it's so it's so different. Like, and I'm young, like I'm 25, but I feel like 
even the dudes like in like I'm class of 2017. Even the, even the dudes in class of 2016 and 2000. I mean 2018 and 2019. Like they're more. They have that. They, their generation. We in the same generation, but it's weird. Like they just have had more and more access and like just access to different things, like in like information mm-hmm. and like media and things like this. Yeah. That like maybe I wasn't worried about two years before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And these dudes like. They're so involved and like consumed by it, and you know they that they think that that's what matters. You know what I'm saying? So when the young dude, when the dudes that are young, I'm not even gonna say the young dudes because I'm still a young dude. You know, I still see myself as right. a young like I don't see myself as OG Man. right now. Like I still see myself as a young player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when the dudes that are younger than me come in, I always just tell them, I'm like, bro. Trust me, whatever you like, whatever you thinking, because some dudes they're like, man, yeah, man, shoot, I got it's two hundred thousand in my account now. I'm about to go, I'm about to go get this chain. I'm about to go get this. I'm about to go get that. I'm like, so they'd be like, Alvin, where you, what's who your jeweler? And I tell them, but I'm like, you know, don't get fooled by the jewelry I got. I've never paid a dollar for any jewelry I got. Like P and Coach and and Twin, like from QC, they got me. They gifted me that. Like you know what I'm saying? Because those are my OG, them three OGs that like really made sure I was good. Like they was like, bro, you don't save your money, bro. We got you. Like, you know what I'm saying? You good. Twin, I, man, yeah, call me like, man, what you need? We got you. Like, don't worry about it. So, I mean, obviously everybody don't have that type of access, but I was like, bro, trust me, this, like, it don't mean nothing, bro. Like, you gonna get it and what are you really getting it for? That's what I ask myself when I'm buying something. What am I really getting it for? Am I getting it for me or am I getting it for people to see? So when I say that, people do be like, man, yeah, you right. Like, you was just gonna get the change for like, the, the girl next door to see, the girl at the club to see, your homeboy to see, like, what you, who you right. trying to impress? You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's why I be telling them, like, man, like, really sit and think, like, when you want to buy something or you want to do something, think about what, what the reason is behind it, like, and, like, you trying to, who you trying to impress, like, you know what I'm saying? Does it have substance to, like, does it, what you doing have substance behind it? And, you know, a lot of them usually, like, they'll be like, hey, right, like, and then I see some of them, they're like, yeah, you're right. And they still go, you know, some dudes still going to do what they do, but I just kind of like give them a little insight on the way I live and how I handle things. And, you know, I just like, man, shoot, if you got questions, ask me, bro. I'm an open book. Yeah. I, you know. I mean, that's your role, right? You get the information, they do what they want with it. It's funny because you're on your second contract. You're 25 years old. My rookie year in the NFL, I was 25 years old. And along that same story, I wanted to buy a car. Like I told you, when I played with the Bengals, the parking lot, it looked like a car show. I'm talking about every Bentley, every Rolls Royce, every Lambo, um, Aston Martin. I mean, you name it. They, they were the, It was in the lot. It was like a competition. So I'm, I got to the league, and I had like a two. This is 2011. I had a 2005 Chevy Impala. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm about to upgrade. I'm sick of driving in here every day. Them giving me the side eye. I'm upgraded. So I, I got online. I started looking up the cars. I found a Mercedes that I wanted. I'm like, all right, bet. It's about halfway through the rookie year, so I'm straight. I know I'm not getting cut. So I, I'm, I got enough to make it. So the day I was about to go buy it, I pull into the facility, and I just sat in the car. I, I was listening to the radio. Right beside me, the owner of the team drives up and parks right beside me. This man got the same exact car as me. Except I had a CD player and he only had a cassette player. And I was like, he got the most money in here and, and he driving my car. 
I didn't buy a car for another three years. Man, probably. look, bro, I'm telling you, that, like, and that's the, that's so funny because it's like it puts stuff into perspective. It's like, mm. okay, you feel like you were positioned to do that. Like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it just because you can, or are you doing it? But like, you know what I'm saying? So yep. you just saw you you just saw a billionaire part next to you in the same car, but a, a, a lower model. You like, man, that just give you all the all the that told you everything you needed to know. Absolutely. All right, so now you in the league, you making money, a whole lot of money. Has has your relationship with family or friends changed because of that at all? I wouldn't say it really changed because I've always been the type like I never really I was never really interested in having a lot of people around me. So it was more it was, it was it's more of a thing where like I know a lot of people, but a lot of people don't know me. You know what I'm saying? So there's not even a chance for a lot of people to like there's no way somebody can feel a way about me like or be comfortable enough to like ask me for certain things. Like you hear the stories like, I mean, I gave my homeboy two hundred thousand, he I gave my boy this, I gave this, I gave this person this, I helped this person do that. Like the people like the people that I would be willing to help know that they can call me for help. But they know the type of person I am and they know that, you know, they have to be like they gotta want I'm not wanting nothing from nobody that don't want it for themselves. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like, if I do extend my hand to help somebody, they know they got to come all the way correct. And for the people yeah. that, you know, that may feel some type of way about me not helping them, they know that we're not even close enough for them to even feel no type of way. So I don't care. I don't have, I don't, that's one thing. I don't have no type of like, I don't hold my tongue for nothing like that. Like, you know, like, man, I've been switched up. Da, da, da. Hey bro, do I know you? Like, ask you, like really ask yourself, like, do we kick it? Have we ever kicked it? Like, so don't say I'm changing. You just mad because you can't get to me. Like, and you just mad because I don't feel a way about not helping you. Like, I don't care if I had a, I don't care if I had $75 billion. It's not the amount of money I got. It's the principle of like, if I don't interact with you like that, you should not even feel comfortable enough to, to, to feel like you can just get something off me or like, you shouldn't even feel entitled to me helping you. Or like, I don't, I don't play, I don't play with that. So. When yeah. it comes to that, man, I'm not. You you next level. Yeah, my next question was how so, do you manage? So to answer your question, I don't think it's really it it, it hasn't cha- it hasn't changed it hasn't really changed the the genuine people around me. It's right. made the, it has in the sense that they're excited and, and proud of me and love the fact that I got all this money and they just want to see me keep it and and make the right decisions. Right. And you ain't got no problem telling people no. Oh, I man, I'll t- man, I'll tell my mama no. That's why I be telling people. <laughs> I'm like, man, I tell my mom. I just told my mom no last night. And she asked, for, <laughs> she wasn't even asking for nothing. So you think I'm scared to tell you no? I'll tell you no in your face on Facetime, at, in, in the summertime, <laughs> in the winter, in the pool. I don't care. I will tell you no. <laughs> and everybody, the people that really know me, know me like know that about me. So you know, you sound like a Dr. Seuss book. Yeah, I man, tell I'm you telling no. you, I'll create a whole song about that. No, no, no. I'll tell you no. I'll tell you no in the winter. I'll tell you no. No in the summer. I will tell you no in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, what, what's the craziest thing, the craziest money request you've ever gotten? Oh, man. The craziest one. Dude that I, that I, an acquaintance that I, that I've, I've run across like maybe three times in my lifetime. Like one time in high school, like they felt like, you know, cause we went to the same high school in the same area, which I'm not even from that area, but they just felt like they had some type of connection to me. Uh-huh. Like I met him in high school one time through like a friend of a friend. So that was like just uh interaction. Then uh-huh. like they ended up coming to like a college game because one of their like family members ended up playing on the same like playing at Tennessee and I'm like okay cool like met them there and then saw them one time when I went back home. Dude asked me for like 
a million dollars to like start like a start something. I don't even he dude just said a business. Like he didn't even tell me what it was. Like it's gonna it's 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 automatic, it's gonna make money, like I'm gonna give you the million back, like when it pop up, like you know what I'm saying, boom boom. I said, bro, if you don't get the hell off my phone, <laughs> I don't even know how you got my number. Stop playing with me. Like for real. And he was being dead serious. <laughs> dead serious. I said a million dollars. I said I didn't even give my mama a million. I ain't, get, oh, I ain't wow. even spent a million on myself. Like, what the, what made you that comfortable to call me? I don't know how you got, whoever gave you my number, tell them they dead ass wrong, but what made you comfortable enough <laughs> to call me and ask me for a million dollars, man? Don't play with me. I ain't talked to dude since, but. Closed mouths don't get fed. I mean, shoot. I wish I had that audacity. Man, that's crazy. I was like, yo, I ain't, that's. Tch. He asked for a one million, not. One million, not a thousand, not a hundred, not $500 to go do something. Man, a million dollars. I said, boy, some people, I don't even know what your concept of money is. I don't even want to know, but no. All right. So, you know, now you got your career again. Your your contract extension is done. Are there any business ventures or things that you're looking to get into? Like, what's next for Alvin Kamara? Man, so I'm, t- I'm really like, so I align myself with this with this juice bar thing because that's something that I'm passionate about. And I'm like, I'm into the, the, the healthy side of things. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've been, I've always been into like juice, like juicing, like, from high school to college to now, like, so that opportunity presented itself and it was the right situation and the right time. And then I was like, man, I'm about to jump into this. So like, I, that's one thing that I'm focused on right now that I really want to like pop off, pop off, pop off, mm. like make pop. So I've been working hard on that and that's coming in, it's coming into fruition and it's coming, it's, it's, it's taking time, but it's like, you know, the timing of it is everything. It's, it's the right time, I would say. So, Doing that yep. and it's dope, and I'm having fun with it, and I'm learning a lot. And you know, it's 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 not just the juice; it's like some vertically integrated things. That's like it's it's more it's it's more than just that. So, and it's all around centered around like a healthier lifestyle. So I'm just having fun with that right now. I love it, man. I love it. Is there, is there an athlete, whether in football, basketball, anywhere, that you see what they do kind of off the field and what they do in business that inspires you? Man, I think. <laughs> It's so crazy, but like, I think it, it, this might be a lot of people's answers, but really like what LeBron has done, been able to do, like not playing basketball, I don't even watch basketball for real. You know, I appreciate yeah. the athlete he, that he is, but I don't even really watch basketball. I just see what he does off the court, like how he conducts his business and how he, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like how he's aligned himself to be able to be such a strong brand that it's like, he can do whatever he can do whatever he wants. He can make it happen. Like if he snaps, he can make it happen. Like he has the resource. He's he's put himself in the position to have the resources to make anything happen. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, but Mav and Rich, his two homies that he put in position to like, you know what I'm saying? Basically take over the world. You know what I'm saying? That's like the goal. Yeah. Like it's like they got the world in their in their hands. And that's kind of like what that's why that's what I've kind of like modeled. And kind of tried to shape my mind into into mm-hmm. believing and achieving. Like, man, like there's no reason that I can't put myself in a position to, to be that strong of a brand, that strong of a, uh, and have that strong of a team and foundation to, you know, never have to worry about anything, and nobody around me ever have to worry about anything. Not because I'm like, not because I've created so much wealth and accumulated so much wealth, but because I not, I've done that, but I put people in position. To also mm-hmm. grow and and you know what I'm saying have the have the foundation to to 
achieve whatever they want to achieve. And then it just keeps like, you know, I keep the right people around me. So, you know, they're going to do the same thing. And like, it's like, it's a waterfall. Braun, Mav, Rich, Randy. I mean, they are absolutely the blueprint for any athlete. If you fall, you know, 90% behind where they fell, you would still be in a really good position because they approach it in such an incredible way. Not just in business, in the community. And, and you in New, or New Orleans, they've kind of taken you in. So, I mean, how do you plan to give back to that community? Man, it's crazy. Like, this is, this is a place that's like, man, if you, if you embrace the community and the culture, they'll love you forever. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's not... It's not it's not a place and I think this is why I do so well here. It's not a place where you could fake it and they and they and they and they love you. You got to really mm -hmm. mean it like to 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 get the love from here and and and, and get the respect and, and you know get the support from here. So, you know, I've been, I, I like since I've gotten here, I've been kind of just in the community and, you know, just being visible and being like approachable and being like you know, like, man, that's just, that's Alvin. Like, yo, what's up, AK? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, yo, what's up? But just doing things in the community from Thanksgiving to, you know, just outreach with kids and like, you know, just providing resources for people to be able to do things, you know, and a lot of the things that I do, like, nobody really knows about it. Nobody knows that I'm behind it. Like, besides the couple of people that really need to know, like, that I need to, like, be able to make it happen. Like, hey, I need this and I need to make it happen. And Bro, I don't need no, I don't need nobody to know. Like y'all know and cool. Like, and it's and I see the impact it has. Like, and I watch it. Like things that I've put in play my rookie year, and it's still going on four years later. And I'm like, man, I did that, and nobody know. But I, it's it's what makes me happy, and it's genuine happiness. Like knowing that I was able to help somebody, and you know, like just you know, just give back because yeah. I've been so blessed, and man, like opportunities and and you know just beyond my dreams like i never i never i never had a plan like i never had a vision like i told you of what this would be i never yeah. knew what it would look like i just knew i was like man i'm gonna get there and i'm gonna just say man i just gotta make it i gotta turn it into something you know what i'm saying so man just blessed bro like just to be able to do the things that i've been doing and, and help out and, and give back I, I i love that man i mean that perspective, you, you know why you do it, you know how you do it, you know, you know, just the importance that it means to even though you're on the top, that that only means there's more for you to do. Who exposed you to like understanding that giving back was just important as, you know, what you did for yourself? Like my mom always kind of like that. She was strong on that. Like, man, you know, don't don't basically like money. Don't don't love money more than you love like people or you know you know you love your family or your friends like things like that and then my sister really was like she 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 instilled that in me too like man just you know do things for the right reason don't be ugly or ill will you know like do what you can like I, I know like my sister told me stories about like her lowest financial points and like she had she told me the story she she was living in LA and she had like two dollars in her account like you know what I'm saying? Like, on her last, like, mm. and this is when I was in college. I think this is when I was in Alabama. And, like, you know, not telling anybody this. Like, she's not telling nobody. You know, we think that she cool. Like, like man, I had $2 in my account. And I read, wow. and I went in, and I I donated it. Like, I donated it to, like, I forgot what she said. I got to ask her again. But she donated it. Either she she gave it to Tyson Offering or she took it out 
and donated it to like, a, or gave it to like somebody, a homeless person or something like that. And she was like, that's the best I've ever felt ever, like spending any type of money. And I was like, man, I know if, if that $2 didn't, I, I didn't have to hold on to that $2. Like if I could let it go my last $2, like she was like, I know I'll always be fine. And she was like, man, after that, like the blessings came in abundance. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I always that's remember real. that. And just, you know, that's something that resonates with me. That's real, man, to be able to give your last. And just to your point, know that you're good with just a loaf of bread and some peanut butter. Um, yeah. I mean, you said that you knew the value of a dollar. You know the value of you said that you know the value of a dollar based on your childhood experiences. So I, my last question for you is, what is the value of a dollar to you now? The value of a dollar to me now, you know, obviously, I mean, we already talked about the number. I mean, it's like, okay, I got $75 million, right? Okay, I've worked my whole life almost. Well, I had, yeah, basically, I mean, I'm 25, like 2018 of that has been spent playing football, you know, just that's like been my job until it was my job, you know what I'm saying? Until I benefited financially from it. The value of that whole body of work, you know, the dollar, I think is like to find a way to be able to give people the knowledge to make their dreams come true. You know what I'm saying? It's not about the money. You know what I'm saying? It's about what I've learned on the way to making the money. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what I... And I've never really answered that question, but I think this is like the best way I can explain it. Like I'm thinking about it now as I'm talking and it's like just being able to give somebody the knowledge to be able to, you know, achieve their goals and achieve what they're striving for and, and like be in a position to also acquire, you know, the money because we're doing it for money, of course. But to be knowledgeable enough to know that you can do what you want because you have money, but if you don't teach others what you've learned on the way to get that money, it don't really mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that's my that's my I think that's my ode to the to the money. That's my that's my money code, I guess. That's your money code. I love it. I love it, Alvin. Man, you, you said you're a young guy, 25, but you are well, well beyond your years in wisdom. So I appreciate you joining us here on Need and Dough, man. And, you know, don't be surprised if you see me tweeting 100 different brands tonight to see if I can <laughs> get up out of there with an endorsement for your boy. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. <laughs> appreciate you joining us, Alvin. Sure, huh? Appreciate you. We'll be back with a new episode soon. But until then, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It's free. It helps others find the show. And that way never miss an episode our executive producers are myself and john fontenay this episode was produced by logan castradale and our editor and engineer is chris watherspoon and i'm andrew hawkins aka hawk telling you what a wise man always told me 